Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher. We have a very special Flyers Talk podcast today with an interview with Danny Briere, the Flyers' new special assistant to the GM. So great stuff from Taryn with Danny Briere. We're going to get into the current state of the team as the second half is officially underway post-All-Star break for the Flyers. Taryn, let's get right into Wednesday night's loss a frustrating loss for the Flyers, 6-3 to the Red Wings. You think they have something maybe somewhat bubbling with two straight wins, and then they come out of the All-Star break and really lay an egg. I think that was frustrating on multiple levels. Uh, Mike Gill was not happy with the result and how the Flyers played. Was it pretty frustrating to you to, to watch and see that term? Yeah, because in the beginning of the game, let's be honest, in the beginning of the game, it was just ugly. It was just ugly hockey, both sides, hot mess express, one team scores, Flyers score 21 seconds later, Detroit scores, Flyers score, what, 24 seconds later. Like, it was just slop. And I think you sit there and you look at what the Flyers are going through right now, and they probably, as much as they wanted to continue that momentum that they had built with those two wins, probably, I would guess, more than one player on the team needed the mental break from the slop that they've been navigating through lately when the all-star break hit. So I, I could forgive the rust a little bit in the beginning. Um, well, not really, but I can understand the rust a little bit in the beginning um, because it was on both sides and you go, all right, this is how this is going to be. They got to shake it off and they're going to settle in. And that is what happened for the Red Wings. They did settle into their game. That's how they won the third period the way that they did. Um, the Flyers never settled in. It, it looked like discombobulation wire to wire. Um, and that was the concerning part because, you know, you see the guys and they're all tanned and sunburned and clearly they, you know, mentally and physically probably were going to take a hot second to have to get back into it. And they just kind of never really did. Um, so that was that was tough to watch, especially because like I said before, also you, you do see the Red Wings in over the course of that game start to find what they're trying to do again. And I just felt like the Flyers no, had no semblance of that. And again, the part that concerned me and, and I really only brought it up on post game live as like a general musing. It wasn't anything too serious that I'm concerned about, but the thing that bothered me about it also was the game was so disorganized in front of Carter Hart that it at certain points made Carter Hart disorganized. And that's something that became a huge issue last year for the team. And it's something you want to see the Flyers correct quickly. And I think Mike Yo kind of alluded to, there's a lot of things that they need to correct quickly here. Um, because 
Carter, I mean, if you look at Carter's save percentage versus Carter's wins, they're they're astounding numbers. I'd have to look after Detroit, but I think it was like 917 save percentage and nine wins going into that game. Um, and that's wild. I mean, that tells you about how Carter's played despite the team's outcome. And you really don't, I think if you're a, a Flyer fan and you're looking toward the future, you really want to make sure that kind of the assertiveness with which Carter's carried himself this season to push through bad stretches for the team and coaching changes and all that other stuff that he keeps that confidence through all the criticism because I mean, you need him to be your number one guy and clearly he's, he is that guy, but you just don't want to see the foundation of that getting shaken any more than necessary. And I thought last game, it, again, it, it was literally, it was just so disorganized in front of him that I don't even know that he, like, technically sound player, how are you technically sound when you can't anticipate what's happening in front of you at all? Um, but, yeah, just an absolute mess, Jordan, a mess. They lacked focus. They lacked execution. And I can excuse the rust a little bit because that's bound to happen when guys haven't played in a week. But you can control effort. And I just didn't see effort there that we saw in the previous two wins. Effort in in ways of supporting your teammates in puck battles, staying connected, staying tight. Like, there was just none of that. And that's one thing with the Flyers, where they are with their injuries, Taryn. I will understand the reality of their situation, that they're missing Ryan Ellis, they're missing Sean Couturier, they're missing Joel Fabry. I can excuse all of that, Kevin Hayes. But you can control effort. And we've seen this Flyers team play hard for Mike Yo, or they stay in games because they are really competing their butts off. And I leave, I leave those losses that they had, and I'm like, okay, they played hard. You can't question their effort or their energy. They just don't have the talent and the pieces right now. But last night, you just couldn't excuse how they like there was just lack of effort lack of execution and to me that's kind of mind-boggling because they had a break where they should at least be energized and refreshed physically and they just didn't have that there and Taryn well I will say this this bothers me a little bit too where I'm frustrated with this team is I feel like we make excuses so much for either the schedule being really crammed and lack of practice time or a really long break and like there's rust it's never going to be perfect. So, like, good teams overcome a long break where it's maybe not great timing, or good teams overcome a really busy stretch with lack of practice time. I was a big defender of them last year when they had, the, you know, a hellish march with a crazy 17-game schedule. Like, that was not normal. That was purely a byproduct of COVID and the circumstances. But now it's just it seems like we're so often being like, oh, they didn't have practice time because they, they've had a lot of games and a lot of days. Or, man, just terrible break at the wrong time it, you, you got to put that aside like there's no excuses anymore in my opinion Taryn yeah and it's only a bad break at the at a bad time because they'd lost so many games before it like we're only sitting here talking about the breaks at the wrong time because they'd strung together two wins right before the break and they hadn't strung together any wins in the entirety of 2022 up to that point like that's that's the problem and again to, to something you said is over the course of those losses to their credit like the way they played the Bruins and the Rangers over the course of those losses, good teams, the way they hung with them, the Islanders um, gave you pause in a way that you could have optimism for the future. Like you sit there and you go, 
all right, like there's no consolation prizes here, but at least they're playing better on this losing streak than they did on the other losing streak. And it's just their confidence seems fragile. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh, but if they played, sorry, I also just got back from vacation. Um, but if they played the way they played against the Bruins or the Rangers when they lost against the Red Wings last night, they would have won the game. Like, that's just, that is the the F, like you said, it's the effort level. It's, it's just being bought in, being plugged in there. It felt very checked out last night. It felt like a game where everybody physically showed up, but mentally a lot of people were checked out. And that just, that just can't happen if you're on this team. I mean, forget even talking about playoffs or this thing or that thing or whatever, just for the sake of like your own pride at this point, you're you're now on a team that's gone through two brutal, brutal losing streaks. And you're part of a team that's going to have to, it was supposed to be a a big year. And I'm so done talking about the injuries. They are a factor. We can just acknowledge that before everything we say, but you're now part of a team that's like going to be forced to dealt their captain. That's one of the Mount Rushmore flyers for at least in terms of numbers. Um, because of the way the team has played, like for your own pride, I would think you'd want to show up and be prepared to go right away. And I think most guys on the team would admit the way that game played out last night, that did not seem to be the case. So it's just, it's interesting. And and I thought Mike Yo looked, Al and I were talking about it too. And, and I think maybe just cause I, know Mike a little better. I was on the road with the team and have Mike's gone out to dinner with the broadcast crew and it was him and Laffy and everyone on the road with us. You know, I know Mike, that was the most upset I've seen Mike and he keeps it below the surface. But if you read between the lines of what he said and the way he looked and the way he carries himself, there, there was so much kind of like angry disappointment behind his facial expressions and what he was saying because I think he was, he was sort of like, how could you come back and lay an egg like that? How could you come back in front of these fans and, and, and play that hockey game against the Red Wings, who a lot of people had circled on the calendar as a win for this team, despite everything they've been through. So yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, I can make, honestly, I can make excuses or not make excuses, but I can acknowledge how brutal the schedule is when it's like March of last year. I lived it from a broadcaster's perspective when we were on the road and you would go from, you know, back to back city to city, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And physically it's taxing and I'm not playing a hockey game. Um, So that I can understand, but after a break, I kind of don't get it. It happened after the winter, the holiday break too. Um, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like you said, good teams figure out how to show up on time. And that's been an issue for this team throughout the season. And it's clearly something that's frustrating. I mean, it's the players have said that. Mike Yo has said that. It's not news to anyone that they've struggled to show up on time. And the problem with this game was that it wasn't just like the first period they didn't show up on time. It was just mentally it felt like they couldn't put all the pieces in the right spots all game, which is concerning. But I think again, to Mike's point, like you're going to learn a lot about where this team is at mentally on Saturday. 
because if you play that bad and you have a practice that was as I mean, we were both there. Mike Yo put them through a hard practice today. And I think it was kind of like a wake up kind of a practice for them. Um, and if I'm a player on that team, I'm kind of like, good, good. Like, this is probably what we need. It's probably what we deserve, you know? Um, and yeah. so we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, that practice today, Thursday, they really got after it. I think, like Taryn alluded to, definitely a wake-up call of, hey, let's go, let's compete. I mean, we saw a number of players kind of come out of a drill with, like, they're shaking their arm or maybe checking their face. Like, that's how hard they went after it. And, yeah. And people, people got all – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There were certain people I saw online who were like, oh, great, just you're going to injure all your trade pieces before, you know, the deadline – Clojure wasn't there and neither was Rasmus Ristolainen. And let's be realistic. Those are the two names at the top of like the, the trade rumor list and Claude's going to get you the biggest return. Rasmus could get you a pretty big return. Like, come on. Like, I'm sorry, but at some point you do have to, you do have to care about the actual hockey the team is playing as well. And I think that's what the team probably needed. Yeah. And hockey is a physical sport. You can't go into every practice saying, Hey, let's, uh, let's tighten the reins here and not go full go because we don't want to get hurt. Like it's, it's a physical sport. It's, you know, you, you run the risk of getting injured every time you go on the ice and play a contact game like this. Um, and like, we, we were all joking about uh, in the, in the writer's room was we didn't know what the situation was. I think we all thought it was just maintenance days across the board for everybody, or at least that was the working assumption until Mike Yo came up. And when we saw the drills they were running, I mean, they were playing rough along the boards yeah. We were kind of like, you know, it might be a good thing that this is one of the practices that Ristolainen misses because yeah. he'll he'll absolutely body people even if it's not after a game like that and those types of practices. So everyone rest assured the bulldozer was not out and <laughs> steamrolling people at practice. Exactly. So the three guys Taryn mentioned that were out, Claude Drew was a maintenance day. Kay Atkinson apparently was under the weather last night during the game, and it kind of got worse after the game, so he's sick. Um, I think he's probably going to be good to go for Saturday. Rasmus Rusalainen apparently is banged up day-to-day. He's kind of in question for Saturday, but he certainly would have been getting after it, um, even if he was banged up in that practice. So probably a good thing that he was not out there. Mm-hmm. But, Taryn, I could not agree more with you on the pride thing, too. There are things to play for. Claude Drew being a prime example of someone to play for Maybe if they do something in February, maybe, maybe they kind of change the mind of Chuck Fletcher. Maybe they change the mind of Claude Drew, the man who's holding the keys to this decision. Maybe he says, listen, I don't need to waive my no trade clause. I had something to play for here. So there's one guy. Play for Mike Yo. Mike Yo's a really good guy. He's a good human being. I think a very good hockey coach, a well-liked assistant coach who did really good things here on the PK with the defenseman. He's a well-liked guy. That guy is coaching for his job, for his Mm -hmm. livelihood. He's coaching for either a job here or, of course, auditioning for other places, maybe a job opening down the line. Play for that guy. The whole coaching staff is playing for their jobs. There's a good chance maybe just about everyone won't be back next season um, unless they pull off a miracle and really make something of this year. So play for these guys. These are guys that, you know, put in time and effort. You can see they they really are trying – to do something with this season, a season that everyone has totally lost hope on outside of the locker room. Um, so play for this. Whoa, guys. don't speak for me. Do you think that? <laughs> I don't know. 
You believe it in this team? I no, and, and listen, like we just like put out good vibes until there's no good vibes left to put out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you look at the math. Chuck Fletcher said himself, the general manager, the math is daunting. Uh, that's what happens when you lose 10 straight, 13 straight, all before uh, February. You know what the so, thing is? The math can be daunting, and and you can still go out and just play your best hockey. Like, and right. I think you know who's who's the perfect example of that for me? Scott Lawton. Like, he, he's just a guy who I think through these losing streaks or bad games or whatever, like, when everything feels like a house of cards collapsing, I feel like he's one of those guys you see who's just like, I'm going to try to motor to make something happen, whether it's it's a few really good shifts or an entire impressive game or whatever. And I think that's one of those guys where I look at and I go, this is the reason why last year when they were talking about Lawton and, and a new contract for him and so on and so forth, it was like, this is a player who's actually a big loss if he's not here. Cause he's somebody who gets mad and just kind of goes screw it. And it, and it fuels him and it's good for the team. And I think you look at him and it's one of the, he's one of those people who comes out and his post game press conferences are always really blunt and honest and acknowledging what's going on and, and irritated when it should be irritating and optimistic when it should be optimistic. He's kind of the embodiment of like, screw it. Let's just go play hockey as hard as we can. And yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> no, Scott Lawton's one of those guys that for a while now, for three or four years, I've, I've always watched him and day in and day out. I say that guy is playing all out and he's giving his all like he skates hard he plays hard being a flyer means something to him obviously he's been here his whole career and he's now wearing a letter on his jersey so absolutely flyers talk is brought to you by great railing stop into great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing decking and fencing needs so taryn our next topic there is a lot of debate among folks uh fans everyone media members do you play kids or do you play vets right now? Um, the Flyers obviously have some vets. They also have some kids. Cam York, Morgan Frost being two of the biggest kids on everyone's radar. Right now, they they are back in AHL affiliate Lehigh Valley. They're playing for the Phantoms. They did not come back after the All-Star break. How do you feel about that decision? Would you like to see Morgan Frost and Cam York with the big club developing up here? Or do you think you understand the Flyers' decision to maybe have them earn their way back? Well, I think if if I would like to see York up here, I mean, JJ made a, a good point about playing him on the offside, playing fewer minutes when he's on the third D pair, et cetera, et cetera. I get that. Um, but I, I would like to see York become comfortable up at the NHL level, especially if Risto's day-to-day beyond just Saturday. Like, if he can't go on Tuesday, why not just call up Cam? Um Frost is interesting because, you know, Derek Broussard comes back in the lineup, so that kind of makes sense unless you're going to Broussard play on the wing and or Morgan play on the wing. Or I, I just am a little disappointed because I want to see Morgan. I want to see Morgan come. I want what everybody else wants. I want to see Morgan come up and play a, a level, a certain level at a sustained, over a sustained period of time, if I could get words out of my mouth. Um, but he's had a big opportunity to do that just by attrition, like, because there are so many people injured and I felt like he was starting to capitalize on it, but not, not a big enough sample size. Um, at the same time, 
I think if Derek Broussard's ready to go, you, you start to work him in here and try to get some, some wins period. Yeah. So I, but I would like to, I, I would like to see York up. I, I don't know if I'm just now one of those people who's just play cam, play cam, play cam. I, I might be in that tribe now. Um, but I think especially, I was a little surprised to see that he wasn't, when De- when we heard before the break that Derek Broussard was coming back up, I thought writing was kind of on the wall for Morgan a little bit there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather see Cam York playing here than down there, or at least just go get him a bunch of minutes and then call him back up. And then, I don't know. I, I would rather see Cam up here. I, I don't know that I have a great explanation other than I would like to see him playing at this level more. Um, I would probably just say screw it with the D pairs too and and maybe move some things around to get them more minutes. At this point, I don't really, not married to any of the D pairs here. So uh, that would be my thought. But I don't know. What's your thoughts? Where would you do if you were, if you were in charge? Yeah, I wasn't totally against it, Taryn. Um, but I, I, I am more leaning on the side of I did like to see Cam York here. I would like to see him play big minutes. I, I thought he was starting to really earn a full-time role next year, and I mm-hmm. think he still is. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't want them yo-yoing back and forth. I don't yeah. know if it helps them um, in many ways. Either keep them in Lehigh Valley and really just let them play in all situations and um, let them develop and be ready to go for next year or have them up here and be playing in situations that where they're going to be successful. And I think they got to a point where Cam York was on the third pair playing on his offside, and that's not a good product or environment, excuse me, for development. Uh, you don't want a 21-year-old kid playing at a position in third pair minutes. Um, so maybe there, are, maybe they really want to develop something with Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen, so they can't break up the second pair. And then it could be that they don't want to play. Cam York and Ivan Provrov out of position on the top pair because obviously both of their lefty shot defense. Yeah. So maybe they're just thinking, hey, we really don't have a spot here for Cam where he's playing left side, big minutes, get him down in Lehigh, let him uh, maybe get some normalcy down in Lehigh again with some of their top prospects. So I think that's maybe where they're thinking. But um, I'm also understanding that the Flyers do need to play Derek Broussard. He's going to be a trade chip. Um, that's an attractive trade chip if he can stay healthy and maybe do something from now until March. He's a guy with 117 games of playoff experience. He's a guy that can play center or wing, and he's on an expiring contract, which teams love for very cheap, 825000 So the Flyers are going to have to play some of these vets. Justin Braun, they could be showcasing Justin Braun in a top pair role. Hey, here's yeah. A, 30, yeah, a 35-year-old expiring contract with 100 games of playoff experience. He's our top pair guy. Who wants them? Uh, because yeah. he's probably going to be traded. So I understand that there's a fine balance right now of wanting to play kids and develop them, but also wanting to show off your trade chips uh, because the Flyers need to retool here. Um, yeah. Unless they do something miraculous, they got to start looking to next year. And a lot of that is uh, playing some of your vets that you have on expiring deals and see what you can get for them. Yeah, if we get to like late March and I'm still not seeing a lot of Cam and Morgan Frost, at yeah. that point I'll be... I'm with you there. Like, I understand the argument for it. I do. I do. Like, there's lots of logic there. What I actually want, I want to see Cam York playing NHL minutes. That's what I want. But I understand why. It's like, I don't want to eat raw broccoli and not dip it in ranch. 
do I need to not dip it in ranch sometimes? Yes. <laughs> like, there's what you want. There's what you should do. Um, but yeah, it's just whatever. Don't try to talk to me about logic right now. Okay. I'm going through a lot. <laughs> that was a great analogy. Um, do you have broccoli in the house, Taryn? I, I cooked it okay. and ate it and I put butter on it. And should I have maybe skipped the butter one time? Probably. You went to the gym. Am I thinking about eating my pretzel chips with hummus as we're talking? Sure. Yes. Am I hungry? Not even a little bit. Like this is exactly what it is. Like, right. What should you be doing versus what are you doing? Right. I, that's why I'm not. I would just be way too impulsive. So that's why <laughs> I'm a. That's why I'm a host on a television show and not a general manager in a front office. Amen to that. I don't know if anyone envies uh, Chuck Fletcher's position right now. Pretty tough job. So we're happy to be doing this podcast and not up in the management suite uh, having to contemplate these decisions. But I do think, as Taryn, you said, come post-March 21st trade deadline, you're going to see a lot of Cam York, a lot of Morgan Frost. Uh, if they're healthy, they will be playing in big situations here because that's where the Flyers will be, uh, developing kids and getting them ready for next year. whole lot of Ratcliffe. Yeah, exactly. A whole lot of Isaac Ratcliffe, uh, who's done some good things in three games. And I think, believe it or not, people in front offices are patient people, and uh, they do look to win. And there is probably some hope, a little bit of hope, that maybe come February, like maybe February, the Flyers put together something, and they have three weeks in March, really, to really do something. So maybe the Flyers are holding out that they do, they would like to win some games, and see if they have anything here. Uh, so they, they are playing to win. They're not going to just totally give up. Uh, you know, maybe come March, we'll see them really starting to put their kids out there and really everything will be on development. But right now, I think they're still trying to win some hockey games and see if they can do something here uh, over the stretch run. And for my own sanity, I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Taryn, there was a very nice... Um, Bright light, if you will, with the hiring of Danny Briere. I think everyone loves Danny Briere. Fans do. And he's a very a very positive thing right now for the organization. Earlier this week, he was officially hired as a um, special assistant to the GM. Bright hockey mind, smart guy, really knows what he's doing and really knows the game. You were able to sit down with him for a one-on-one -on -one interview. Let's get right into that, fans. We hope you enjoy. Myself once again, I should say, special assistant to the general manager, right. Danny Breer. Very excited to have you back in studio to chat about this new opportunity for you. I'd imagine a very exciting time. Very, very excited. Um, I couldn't ask for uh, a better scenario. I get to stay here. I've been here. I played for a long time, but even after my career, this is where we set up shop with the, with the family and the kids. So to stay here, I, I couldn't be any happier. I'm going to circle back to that in just a moment in the interview, but I do want to talk a little bit more about your new role as a part of that new role. Uh, you'll be involved in, in all aspects of the club's hockey operations, whether it's scouting, player development, the list goes on and on. What aspect of this new opportunity for you are you the most excited to kind of sink your teeth into here? Uh, just to, I, I guess, have a, a little bit more of a say, to be involved in, in all the big meetings. Um, you know, I, I played here for so long. The Flyers are, you know, the team that I had probably one of the most success to, with over my career. So uh, to have the chance to be part of that future, I think, is what's really thrilling. 
All right, and speaking of being a, a big part of the future, that means we got to ask you some of the tough questions here, Dave. That's right. Well, uh, there's a lot of talk about the aggressive retool plan for this Flyers team. Chuck Fletcher said, obviously, his target, his top priority is adding top-end talent. How would you approach this situation? Well, I think he's right um, to start with. You know, obviously missing Sean Couturier, who's, who's one of those types of players um, this season, really hurts. Um, you know, Claude Giroux has been uh, tremendous. Uh, Chuck said it, he was our best player this year, but he needs some help. Um, I, I think it starts from there. And I, I really don't believe that our team is as bad as what we're seeing in, in the standings. There's a lot of reasons for that, and we need to fix that and, and to figure out why it, it happened. Um, but I, I agree with Chuck. The, if we can find some high-end talent to, to come in, complement some of the guys we have already, um, it could be a, a pretty quick turnaround. One of those avenues to top-end talent that Chuck mentioned when I sat down with him was the draft. There's been a lot of talk about your skill specifically when it comes to being a talent evaluator. When you look at the draft, when you look at the future, what are you looking for? I mean, nowadays, you, you look at the way the game is being played, skill, uh, speed are very, very important. Um, uh, hockey sense, those are the things that will probably jump at you a little bit more. That's the things that we're looking for uh, first and foremost. And, um, you know, that's what can make a big difference down the road in, in our prospects, guys that can find a way through uh, the tough times. Uh, player development is, is critical. Um, I don't think we've done a, a good enough job uh, in that department, and that, that falls on us to, to help the young guys get to, to this level. There's a lot of chat about get younger, get faster, get younger, get faster when it comes to this Flyers team. Do you really think that needs to be number one and number two? No, I mean, it, it depends on what's available, too. Um, you know, unfortunately, with uh, the situation that we're in, um, so set so far back, the, the playoffs will be, uh, you know, a tough go for us. It's just just reality at this point. When that happens, there's other opportunities that, that arises, and, you know, maybe we get a higher pick than, than we usually do. You just got to make sure that you, you get the right guy. All right, we're uh, coming off an all-star weekend in which the Flyers' very own Claude Drew earned MVP honors. Obviously, that is not the only reason. All eyes have been on the captain lately. He's a free agent at season's end. He also has a new no-move clause in his contract. So ultimately, the decision about his future is in his hands. How do you think your experience as a player, a former teammate of Giroux, help as the organization tries to navigate a delicate situation with a player that means a whole lot to yeah. this franchise? Yeah, one of the greatest uh, player in, in the history of the Flyers. So um, you, you got to thread lightly uh, with Claude, but I'm trying to put myself in his skates and um, this is not the time that I would want to hear about that. This is way too early. There's still a month and a half left uh, until the trade deadline. This is not the time to start um, rambling and thinking about, okay, do I want in? Do I want? I'm sure slowly it's starting to creep in in his mind, um, but I feel it's way too early uh, to ask him to make a decision. All right, I want to focus back in on you here. Your name thrown around when it came to that Montreal job not so long ago. I know you mentioned uh, this morning at your press conference that interview process forced you to have, you said, a better vision of the way that you see things. What did you mean by that? What do you feel like was your biggest takeaway from that experience? 
um, you know, creating the, the type of, um, you know, ideal team that I would like to have. And, and not, I, I don't mean just on the ice, but also off the ice. So I had to think outside the box a little bit, go places where I probably had never been, um, you know, before. So that, that was interesting. Um, I had a lot of help, a lot of people um, giving me their point of view. And I, I kind of try to take the best to, uh, to make my own plan. Um, you know, and, and, and now, I mean, I feel very fortunate having the chance to work with, with Chuck Fletcher, Barry Anrahan, and, and Brent Flower, who's been, they have so much experience. They've been around the league for so long. Um, I'll be able to get their input as well and, and you know, try to uh, come up with my, my own little vision on the side and try to help them out, um, you know, make decisions. And now the Flyers organization gets to benefit from those lessons. Finally, I got to ask, you've been a part of this organization for so long, but you also played six years in Phoenix. Had a pretty good run in Buffalo, too. Why Philly? What made you say, I want to settle down here, I want to start my life here, and also I want to make my future within this organization? Yeah, when uh, I remember, uh, again, July 1st, 2007, when I was making the decision as, as a free agent to decide wherever I, I had the choice to go anywhere in the NHL, and for some reason, Philadelphia just kept popping up. There's so many positives about it. Um, you know, and, and I look back and it was probably the best decision that I've made. Um, we loved it here, the family, the kids love it. They call it home. Um, you know, and I, and I feel fortunate that what we're uh, 15 years later and I'm still in the area. I, I feel like it's home. I've been treated um, like I'm part of the community by the fans. So I, I feel very fortunate. Pretty decent place to be as a person Definitely. bred here. I know I'm biased, but I like it. <laughs> I Danny Freer, congratulations. Good luck on Thanks, your new Darren. role as special assistant to the general manager. And by the way, you're still welcome to come and visit us here at Pregame Live anytime. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> awesome stuff from Taryn and Danny Breer right there. Taryn, what do you think of the hire? And uh, do you think Danny Breer can be part of the solution in terms of fixing the flyers and getting them back into contention? I love the hire. I think uh, Danny's super well-liked within the organization. I think the thing that's interesting with Danny too is that given his proximity to when he retired and also like the connections he has in terms of like next gen hockey and kids that are coming up now and his ability to evaluate talent and all of that. Um, I think that's super valuable because when we look at a lot of the former flyers that are in the organization now, like even they are learning and adjusting to the way kids are coming up within hockey now and the way they do things and whatever. And Danny's, been heralded as you know a talent evaluator and um i just think it's it's a nice young fresh mind that really understands the flyers organization really understands and can sell people on why it is so great to be here in philly and play here in philly and be a part of the organization here in philly um that also has an understanding of like he he played for the last generation of flyers that we felt like really were contenders like before the the decade of mediocrity the make a playoff miss a playoff make a playoff miss a playoff situation like he played for that last team that really almost touched the cup um and he clearly understood the legacy of the teams before it and now from a different vantage point he understands what the flyers have been through over the past 10 years and he's also been able to observe like i was talking to him a lot about player development um, because there was a lot of questions about how strong the Flyers draft classes have been versus how the Flyers have played once those players actually hit the ice or where they shake out and end up being. And he said, like, that's one of the things I really care about is clearly there's something amiss 
player development wise. And we have to foster certain things in a different way. Um, so I think he get, he brings a really cool perspective in terms of watching how things have unfolded currently being a part of it previously. And the last time that I feel like we all felt kind of true success watching this team. Um, and he also, as a player, was surrounded by people within the organization who were from the most successful legacy of the Flyers, too. Um, so I, I, I love the Danny hire. He's a great guy. I mean, he's one of the best people you'll meet like in professional sports, nonetheless, just within the Flyers. Super great guy. Um, and he just, like, even we were talking to him off the record, and obviously, like, I can't share all that stuff. Like, he just, he gets it. He knows how to talk to people. He he knows how the flyers work. He knows how, you know, he interviewed for the Canadian's job and he was really considered for the Canadian's job. And he gets that, that, I mean, we think Philly is an intense market. Like the things that he was telling me about, you know, how on sports talk radio, everyone would call in to talk about the Canadians in the middle of the summer up in Montreal. Like it's the way people call in about the Eagles in like April. You know, it's it's a different level. He understands pressure. He understands Philadelphia pressure. He understands the hockey world. Um, so just, I think, a, a great a great move by the Flyers. And I think especially after seeing how seriously the Canadians kind of considered him and, and what he learned from that process, I think it's actually a tool, an additional tool in his belt that he can bring to the Flyers, seeing he learned what the business looked like from the Flyers organization point of view, which you would imagine is probably a little bit different for him because he also played there. So there's like a certain innate bias that you have for like how things work here. And then he kind of said going to Montreal and talking to them about building a team from scratch and doing it and being the person at the helm um, in a completely fresh situation. He said it gave him a different outlook on a team start to finish. Um, so I think that's a huge benefit as well because you're not you're not so close to the picture that you can't see it anymore. I think that allowed him to take a step back. Um, and yeah, and he's, and he's just Danny and he's great. So, you know, there's just that too. He's just a really great guy. Yeah, perhaps the interview with the Canadians really got the Flyers moving on giving him an official role, understanding this is a well-liked guy in all hockey circles, and he could be climbing pretty fast. I think the Flyers always knew that he was climbing with them, and I think Danny Breer deep down probably knew this is the team he wants to climb with in terms of his role in the front office because it's the Flyers, it's home for him now. But uh, that person, uh, you know, an interview with the Canadians for their GM job certainly will spark action. And... Taren, I think there's something to be said for his playoff experience, his his ability ability to be very good in clutch moments. If you look at his playoff numbers with the Flyers, he has more playoff points than a number of Flyers Hall of Famers. He has num he has more playoff points than a lot of really good players in the NHL, and I think there's something to be said for him having an eye for that type of talent. Guys that know what, what it takes to play in big moments and be successful in big moments, you can spot that at a young age with some of these players, these prospects. You know what you can see in a, in a certain player. I think you know what makes them tick. You, you can spot it early on. Hey, that kid could have it. That kid could really be a good player in big moments at the highest level. 
I think that's what could make Danny Briere a really good guy for player evaluation, talent evaluation, spotting these things that he had in his career that made him clutch in big moments. So I think that's why Danny Briere is so well-liked. He could be really good at spotting that stuff at an early age in kids and understanding really what can make a really good player a difference maker in an organization. So, yeah, Denny Breer, in-house, officially, official title, great stuff with Taron Hatcher, and uh, he will be, of course, more and more involved in trying to get the Flyers back on track. Great stuff there. Taron Hatcher, great sitting down with you. Thanks so much for the Danny Breer interview. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big-time thank you to Spencer McKersher, our video producer, who's chipping Spencey. in. Spencey! Big time thanks. He had a busy day and he's chipping in here to help us do Flyers Talk. So thank you, Spencer. And Flyers, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.